0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of What Would You Do If? And today we are sponsored by Bud Light. <laughs> and we're going to do the episode on what would you do if somebody said that Gen Z should be coming of age. Um, lots to cover on this subject today.
1: Yes, something that um, I'm quite passionate about. Very
0: passionate about. I think we are, at BDB, we're very passionate about. So, I so, yeah. Um, let's fire right into it. Yeah. Um, I think we should start on why we champion gen Z as an agency okay uh
1: me personally i can give you my take on it so me personally i started my career off as an apprentice so i started work at 16 um and was nurtured by various individuals is the way i'd phrase it through my uh, early stages of my career um and not everybody nurtured me some people were that's not swear, can I? Some people weren't were very nice when, when you were younger, but in the sense of a lot of the people that really looked after me and kind of furthered my career and gave me opportunities to grow and expose myself to different kind of um, experiences, I guess, in terms of as you go through your career. I look back on with really fond memories and I respected them so much and they're mm. the people I actually worked the hardest for. Yeah. Um, and... You know, thanks to a lot of them, and I won't name check them. But in the sense that I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, probably without some of the some of the efforts and some of the the, the stuff they put into me. So for me now, when you've got um, uh, your name above the door in your own business, I think it's really important to kind of pass that on, and it's not in a cheesy way. I genuinely believe this, and I think hopefully anybody in the business would know this about me. I really believe in passing it on to the next generation, giving people those opportunities, and 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 trying to. You know, um, emulate, I guess, what people did with me. Yeah. Now, I was either 16, 18, 21, 24, coming up through different businesses. I definitely would have been viewed as young, cocky, different, um, gobby, uh, opinionated. Because um, I used to look at people doing things and think, why on earth do you do it that way? It's so boring or old, or you can do it so much quicker by doing something different. And I think that you cut there is exactly what Gen Z are doing now to us because they're going why do you do that or why don't you do it this way and they can find quicker and better ways to do things because they're Mm. just different yeah and they think about things differently and I don't think that's a problem no I don't think
0: but what why do you think they get a bad I mean obviously we have we have a, a Gen Z podcast which Gen Z podcast as well which is really really good um, if you ever listen to it as well, we'll put a link in the in the video to their, to their podcast.
1: Yeah, but we started on that exactly for this point. Yeah. So we started on that because I was going to an awful lot of dinners um, and uh, awards dues and um, speaking peer-to-peer with different agency owners, you name it, we were doing it. And at every single event, I'm going to say grey-haired men, but I can't say that in front of you, no, you can, can I? Say but that. In, no. there was a lot of ol- older men... Um, with grey hair, it happened to be, I, I would call it the grey heads, is what I mean, in the sense of the analogy, or who were whinging continually about oh, how these Gen Zers, they're fickle, they're not loyal, they, they, you know, they, they, they won't hang around. And, and to an extent, maybe the previous owners of this business were a little bit like that, because they were traditional and of a different generation to what, what I've even come up through. Yeah. And, and there's no doubt these Gen Zers, they are different but you've just got to adapt and evolve your approach as an employer then. You can't you can't rest on your laurels and expect people to do 80 hour weeks for you and not being paid over time. And they, they, they view things differently, but they are changing the way-
0: Well, they're now becoming, I think the, 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 the one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast there why they were coming of age is because they are now becoming the modern day decision makers, aren't they? And I we'll, think come, look, we'll come back to BDB a bit later on, I think.
1: If you look at the evolution of the modern B2B buyer, which yeah. I guess is the more technical point for this from a work angle, um you're getting more of the Gen Z not as much yet but I'm not saying they're not cuz there'll be younger people that are already doing really well but the millennials certainly well so, some, of are tech, becoming... some, of your,
0: some of your tech businesses that you're going to be you know, that's what I'm saying be, so you can you can't say they're no. not
1: but more so, certainly the millennials across most of the sectors that we work in in B2B yeah most of the um decision makers or people that can influence that decision making process of whether somebody buys or not from you yeah are becoming if not already millennials so effectively what you're talking about here i guess is the evolution of the modern b2b buyer because i think that's what's impacting the the b2b space yeah so you're talking about gen Zs and millennials both coming of age and impacting and influencing that buying process yeah and whether they're the primary well, whether it's their primary responsibility that they're the, they're the decision maker who's actually good well,
0: decision to, or influencers, aren't they well i think that's where
1: you get into the the primary secondary tertiary wherever but however but they're they are on. involved in the process yeah. throughout these days um which are then again you can wind on again of like the different channels that you're on where your products services and business can be found the way you communicate which comes back to omnichannel, customer centricity, all the different channels you should be on but, for different well, well, uh, age well, brackets and so on. What I but,
0: find fascinating, when you listen to their podcast, it does give you a, an insight into the mind of-
1: Yeah, but that, that was what, that's what, um, I'll probably smile more on this podcast because I'm, I'm really passionate about it, but in the sense of, that's why I wanted to give those guys a voice. So in the sense of, you're at these dinners, everybody's saying to you, oh, the lazy, the bone idol, mm-hmm. They, they, don't, they don't, no loyalty is the big one that you hear a lot. And that, I've never got that. Like, I was loyal to PWC years ago, because they took a risk on me at 18, and educated me and gave me eight to, eight to 10 of the best years of my life. Where I met my wife and, um, I don't know, they made me a lot of what I am today, I guess, if you know what I mean. And that, that's what, they nurtured so, you. I was really loyal to them. Yeah. So me leaving there was a huge, huge thing at the time. It's just not like that these days but i suppose what i'm trying to create here at bdb is that same kind of culture that people love working here they enjoy working here they haven't got that dread about coming to work
0: but but how far you, how far do you if you're a business now how far do you actually take
1: that do i don't know do you want to have a team
0: yeah Okay. Saying, that's, say that's what I'd
1: say to anybody. Do yeah. you want to have a team? You know, so if you if you continue to employ people in the same way, same way you've employed people for the last 50 years, if you've been in business a long change, time, right? if you don't, you're not going to end up with a team. No. Or you'll end up with people bouncing around doing these cycles of experience, which we can come back to. Mm. But I guess focusing on the podcast itself for us, just to just to make that point, I wanted to give them a voice. Mm. Because the guys that we employ here who are 18, I think. Yeah. And I'm looking at some of the videography here, but he's gone oh you're 20 19 19. he's looking at me he's 19 19. that's 12 months makes all the difference um but no in the sense of we've got people probably here we have had people from sort of 18 upwards is what i would say but that 18 to 30 year old bracket that we have at the minute in this business Mm. is the core of our team
0: yeah
1: and if we want to grow we want to deliver on our aspirations for growth maintaining and holding onto that bracket of 18 to 30 year olds as they grow with the business and hopefully become future business leaders is absolutely critical
0: but it, it is fascinating on listening to their views on things i think more not oh just, yeah, yeah, no, not no, no. just about yeah. business not just about business just about it's
1: funny i'd encourage you to go listen to yeah. it so it's, it's 99 problems but gen, gen Z one or gen Z yeah, eight one, whatever gen, they want to gen say Z it
0: Z1. and you listen to but all, talk about not just work what they talk about it's funny, I wish I could have a mic in here one day when they're talking about, two of the lads are talking about girls. And it's yeah. like, but what I'm saying is how they...
1: It's just entertaining. With,
0: it's not not just from a business point of view, because I know sometimes they've covered subjects and, and brought in, we, we've covered subjects on our podcast and they've kind of mirrored it, but from their point of view, and it's interesting, that's really interesting. it's interesting to listen to both.
1: But what I would argue is, you cannot deny they are well-educated, yeah. opinionated... Um, bright young individuals who are well getting more and more well rounded, but they're well informed. Yeah, they're well read. They, I don't think you can possibly dismiss them because the Gen Z or millennials are being lazy, bone idle, blah 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 blah. You know, like no, I no, think no. they demand more. That's why I think, they, I think they're a demand well, they, generation.
0: They are a demand generation. And. I think that when when people call them fickle it's because they haven't got their messaging right in terms of
1: well fickle would be they haven't know, got it's the it's brand proposition right no. fickle would be they haven't got the office right they don't want to invest in so, their infrastructure
0: I, talking about the podcast about how many people would leave a brand if it wasn't sustainable all that kind of stuff you've got to remember that's that is their generation it's, it's funny watching politics play out as it, as, as it does this week mm. and how childlike some of the politicians have acted this week, in the
1: yeah, but I think they're worse and worse yeah. than anybody at the yeah. minute. But I think even the whole sustainability side of things, I can't remember if we touched on in a previous podcast or not. But you know, we surveyed our team to ask them what they wanted as part of their remuneration package. So I was kind of expecting, and I was because you have this stereotype in your head that you just want to sit on a beach and have this chilled life. So unlimited holidays, I thought, and work-life balance and all that. Remuneration was number one. So we employ a wide demographic of age groups here, but a lot of them are but in that 18. Talks. money talks. So you've So you've got to get that right, and that, but that isn't everything. No. So that's your starting point. You can't not pay well. No. But then on, it's on top of that, what builds and what becomes more and more and more as you go up in terms of the wider remuneration, the wider benefits, the work-life balance. And then for me, coming into it is engaging work, good clients, international opportunities. And I think that's what we're getting good at offering here. And it's still you know we we've, we've got better team continuity than any other agency i know how do you
0: how do you retain staff when team but even 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 team though you going back to your point about the pwc thing i know you were there for a while and you were loyal
1: i was always learning
0: but you know do you think you'll lose the lose some of them and you'll lose some of them won't you and you'll happily let them let them go and and, and fly the nest if they're if yeah, they, we've had if we've develop, had people
1: right? we've had people that have left us but left us for opportunities that were better suited to what their aspirations yeah. were or, or personal objectives or work-life balance or but having said that not many no. and the people that have left in recent years from here with you know I always say there's probably two or three or a handful that you you're disappoint really yeah. disappointed about because you saw something in them or you really enjoyed working with them, but more you saw something in them for the future. But again, you, you, I totally respect their decision to go. I respect the, their reasons for going, and I'll never try. I'll never try and turn anybody around in that decision because if they're going, they're going. But that's but like, we but we are better than most, and I think we're getting that right. That's what I mean. But when yeah. you break it down, why I stayed at PWC, I was always learning, and for me, that was important because I wanted to develop, I wanted to get better, and I didn't leave because I stopped learning. I left because I got a better opportunity to learn something better, faster, quicker. And that, but that was my motivating factor, alongside money and alongside, you know, um, title topics. and various other things. I'm sure at the time and all the rest of it, which.
0: But everyone's everyone is talking about talent acquisition at the moment, aren't they? It's a, it's a like a, almost like a hot potato. It has been for four or five years now, hasn't it? Yeah, know, probably longer. Really. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know in Manchester. I kind of feel because we have a very, very digitally focused city. Yeah. I remember talking to you about this once, didn't
1: I? You yeah. know, after San Francisco and London, we're yeah. probably number three
0: in the world. Yeah. Um, we've got some of the biggest fashion houses here, so it probably makes it a little bit easier to recruit for us. Yeah. Um, as agencies or or client side, I would say, from a from a digital point of view. So well, I think if you're in Nottingham, not, not as much leads, but if you're in, out in, in, in the sticks somewhere else, in another yeah. city, even Birmingham to an extent, yeah. I think the talent pool...
1: Yeah, but I think that, I think that in itself, it, it depends what you're offering. What are you offering as an employer? If it's a job, it's probably not going to cut it with the younger generation. Yeah. A job is... And, that, and that's where you'll end up with six months, 12 months, you might get two years out of somebody. But they'll go and find another job Whereas you're trying to offer an experience, is what I would say here of working. My view on it, it might be wrong, by the way, but my view, personal view on it, you're trying to offer an experience, and you're trying to make a culture where it's inclusive. And um, I don't say this in a twee way. I mean, but you know, we've got some really diverse people in this building. but That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But awesome. That's what. But I, but I love that in the sense that everybody is different, and everybody brings something different to the table, and we're not all clones, and we're not all exactly the same. But what we're building here is a, is a in a truly formidable team
0: but go, just switching back to the, the, the client side for a minute yeah i think what i find fascinating when you listen to their podcast is and we're going to get one of them on one week actually or two of them capture on one we'll week, catch which, on. we, which we will capture one yeah we're really really good um it's just the way they interact with the world and i think yeah you know i know we've done presentations on it on storytelling and the the you know gender coming of age and even even i was like but there's a but lot of th- there's a it. lot
1: of theory out there, isn't there? there's a yeah. lot of theory around this stuff you do a lot of reading on it but quite often you find the people that are writing it are probably older generations and yeah. their take on gen z and millennials yeah. whether it's speaking to them and working with them and listening to their forum that's and that's what their podcast is really it's their forum to discuss things and, it, and it's done in a jovial jokey open way but when you hear their opinions
0: but when you, you talk it, about youtube and tiktok and all the all the channels that Brands should be on. I'm only just picking those two out because they're most prevalent. No,
1: but, they're, but, they, but they, one of the ones the other day, somebody said, well, I don't watch TV. No. At all. Was no, no, this, no, was no. a statement. Well, and I was like, sorry, they, what? They
0: didn't say that. He said, uh, he, he, he said, there's no such thing as TV. Okay,
1: that was the one. I, he, I said, what? He said, there's, there's
0: no such thing as TV. So I said, just talk to me. I was like, I've got one in my living room. Yeah. He said, ah. I said, well, tell me how many times now you actually go through your TV channels. Yeah. He said, and, I, and, he, and he said, when you
1: go home. But that, but the answer to that might be, you might a bit, and I do a bit, because that's what we're used to and that's what we've grown up match with.
0: That's the day. And,
1: they, know, they, they don't. They don't. Like, they literally go on Naf- YouTube, Netflix, Netflix Amazon YouTube, Prime. Amazon Prime, which is, for me, is. I mean, I, I, I use all those, Frankie I watch doesn't, all those. Frankie, my son, by the
0: way, he's not, he's not, not a Gen Z, he's, he's dying, <laughs> doesn't watch TV. Yeah that is categorically fact he does not watch but I
1: think that's what's interesting when you think about the channels and where you can access people and where you can find your your people but I guess flipping it again with the whole Gen Z thing it's about time they do come of age but I respect that and I hope they do because they'll find quicker and better ways to do things than what we do the key thing for me is giving them great employment a great opportunity and also for our clients making sure we've got continuity and, and good tenure with our team because yeah. I think at the minute you're at the risk if you don't do things right with your team you don't invest in their development their development by the yeah. way which is on an employer to do that and the days of kind of and this is I sound a bit preachy now but in the sense of the days of being proactive about your own development mm. I think a lot of people put a lot of the weight on the employer now from the general yeah, side yeah. of it. you know you should you should be educating me and giving me experiences otherwise I'll go and get it elsewhere yeah, yeah. but I get that I get that I if, get that's a, where, if that's I mean, where the market's at so. that's fine but you run the risk of having somebody for six to six to 24 months, I think, is a typical cycle now that you'll get a Gen Z or Millennial in a position for. Now, six to 24 months for a client is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Because you introduce them. So they just about to get up to speed with you, particularly in the technical B2B space that we're in. They just about to get up to speed with the client. They'll do a campaign or a year's activity and then resign. And then somebody new comes in and you've got to immerse them and get them involved again and, and get them involved with in the client again and this is a cycle and this is why most agencies I think are struggling at the minute because they can't hold on to team members and when you hear agencies in the northwest referred to as sweatshops because there is a lot of digital talent available in Manchester but it's young it's cheap and that, I don't believe in that so you know we've, we've had two or three apprentices come through the ranks here you know and they've all come through and got permanent jobs with us and they're all well paid but there's people who are just cycling through apprentices is
0: it, is it- Agency world is is not an easy world. To, to, it's an exciting world to be in. It's it's a roller coaster. It's a.
1: It's pacey. It's, it's pace. It's, it's the pace, pace of an agency. Pace. I think that's hard. The pace and it is stressful. But the pace is particularly critical in the sense of. It's pressure. Pace can
0: change. can't yeah. it. It, 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 it can slip slip through the gears very very quickly. Can't yeah, but it? I
1: don't think that I I I would refute the point that anybody says. That's a Gen Z thing or or a millennial thing. That's just an individual thing. Individuals can cope under pressure and certain ones can't.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a personality.
1: I think you can find baby boomers or whatever other Gen Gen Y, whatever whatever generation you want to pick on, where you'll find individuals who cope better under pressure, working to deadlines, working the time zones, less sleep arguably, all that kind of stuff. And there's other people who just don't cope well in that environment. I don't believe that's a cushy gen z millennial thing i think it's a individual
0: so what what do you think from a from a client side point of view now i think that i you know we've said it recently is i think all clients have now got to look to the future they've all got to think you know don't be just advertising so if your market is 40 to 50 or yeah. 35 plus whatever yeah in the next three to five years, steal a march on your competition yeah. and start, yeah, yeah, Start talking to them. But I think
1: I think one of the biggest things I've seen with a lot of prospects at the minute when you talk about opportunities with them is, and I'm, I'm going to use conversational marketing as as, as, yeah. as, as the, the link here because it came up the other week. So conversational marketing, as in as in chatbots, primarily live chat, that kind of functionality on a website, a landing page, whatever it may be, and you say chatbots out loud to to, to I say our generation, we're mm-hmm. similar.
0: Oh, um, oh! I don't want to go on them. But
1: that's what you get. Yeah. And you get, and you go older than us. You get chatbots, but not, not interacting with one of them. We don't want one of them. And we've had this in the pitch recently, where we've got, we've introduced this as a concept that cutting through that noise and capturing that that prospect there and then when they're looking at your stuff and trying to sell to them and capture them in that moment. So you've made it through. You've cut through all the so all the content you everywhere. You've got money. them. That you've got them to where you want them. And then how do you capitalise on that? So we would have a conversation on conversational marketing. It's quite a cu- current thing at the minute. You can jump in and out of the bots, a live chat. You can have one-on-one interactions.
0: Also, it saves time.
1: Absolutely not. We don't want to do bots. That's not what we do. We don't want to have, no, no, that's not, what I, that's not what I, that's not how I'd interact with my, and, uh, and big, you sit there going, it's the not thing, you, it? but, but it's not you. So in the sense of, I think sometimes listening to the younger generations could really get you on the, The front foot of planning for the future, if you hear about what channels, what are they on, where they can be found, YouTube, the like, and all the rest of it. So
0: it was really funny, I saw a a video, and I'll try and share it if I can find it on the on the the the, the links in the YouTube video, about they recorded a 16-year-old girl, 21-year-old lad, a 29-year-old girl, 35-year-old man. Forty and so on up until sixty, and they recorded right. them navigating a web a website. No, right. Same website, yeah, same yeah. website. Yeah, yeah, And it was absolutely fascinating. In terms
1: of the way, they, the, way, they the, went, way they, it? the the
0: way the way just absolutely fascinating the way they, they navigate the website. And I think you've got to take all those things into consideration. But all
1: that all that comes back to how well do you know your customer and who do you want to sell to? So. You no, know, it's very easy to say my target demographic isn't Gen Z or millennials, which is what you hear a lot at the minute, isn't it? But that, that's not that's not them. Yeah. It, it, will, be in it the, will be. It will it's be. It right will It will be. It probably already is, and it definitely will be in the next three to five years. Is what you're really talking about. Where we're at at the minute, you might not think that Gen Z or millennials are your target demographic of who you're trying to sell to, because you're used to selling to a more mature audience. Yeah. But right. I think three to five years time, realistically, if not if not already, I would argue. I think I
0: think you've definitely got to say they are, they are already, and if like we said we've been in the podcast they're influencing anyway mm. however decision makers are influencers regardless that's that are like going to transition through and evolve transition through. that is that is a, 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 absolutely mitigating fact mm-hmm. I think what we've got to look at is if you're a client now or what I know the advice we give to clients so I don't want to give too much away in, in on certain things we mm-hmm. obviously giving the keys to the kingdom away a little bit but what would what would your advice now to be to clients who are uh, trying to Influence engage, the gen said from a marketing.
1: Standpoint. But I, th- I think that's a that's a key key word is engagement. So a lot of our a lot of the prospects and a lot of particularly on the social media or various different channels that clients and prospects operate within at the minute is. Noise, I've said this a lot now, so it's getting content out there, content out there, content out there, but Canon fodder content, Mm. which they're putting out there and they feel like they've ticked the box. Engagement's different. Are you you looking for conversations? Are you looking to own a forum? Are you looking to build a community? Are you looking to educate people? And all these different points. If you you are, then that's engagement beyond a click or a like. And you see the Instagram dropping the likes. Facebook have followed this week by dropping the likes because... It shouldn't be about liking people and I guess it's all tied to kind of mental health as well rather than posting for likes. It's more about posting for and engagement's going to be the next thing. So you're talking I mean, about...
0: It's already you get engagement, isn't it? It's yeah, but, it's, already, but
1: it's not. Yeah. It's Come on, not. how many of our B2B clients and prospects genuinely... Oh, no, they don't. Their they content don't. results in engagement? Don't.
0: I think we we know engagement it has been here for a while but our clients don't. That's the thing is so our clients still target themselves on likes and views.
1: But that's where sales and marketing are aligning. Because in the sense of you're going to end up with, unless it's generating an engagement, unless it's generating sales, it's it's not going to be classed as a successful campaign because the number of likes you've got won't cut it going forward. Um, But I think if you're giving advice to a client in terms of thinking about marketing to Gen Z's and millennials, um, I would say steal a march on the competition because those that have built some traction and some following and some engagement on, and I don't want to call it emerging, platforms but emerging b2b platforms arguably things like instagram things like youtube things like tiktok and i don't profess to understand yeah, tiktok and, by and, the way and I
0: also i also think if you're a brand and you can afford it and you know a lot of the brands that we deal with can afford it, even even the new start techs, tech startups or startups in nutrition or whatever it is or get get funding to do it is don't just concentrate on digital you know? yes yes yeah with you do some experiential marketing get out talk to people it's not just about online online is will constitute 78 of your marketing which i'm sure it will but get to it you know we've covered it in previous podcasts get to exhibitions do some experiential stuff
1: but again that comes down uh, to knowing who you want yeah. to sell to because the digital platforms can give you that reach and give you that quick reach if that's what you're trying to achieve in terms of getting your message out quickly to a larger audience group the more on the ground old school tactics arguably dms high value experiential events exhibitions and meeting and speaking to those people and building the engagement is what you're actually talking about there again and mm. not that it ever went away but it's certainly coming back to the forefront because you're talking about cutting through the old school noise and these digital techniques yeah. came out came out now you're talking about cutting through the digital noise yeah. which is involving new, new new and weird ways. for arguably a lot of it is is going back to more Traditional approaches, in a way, as well.
0: You know I've mean, been to their podcast. One of the biggest things I'd say to for clients is find a way to add value and get the people to revisit your website for other any other reason than to purchase from you. Yep. That's what I would. That's yep. what I would say. That I've been mean, listening to them regularly. Yeah, is getting them to engage with your content on a regular basis. Added giving that added value, they will then subliminally buy from you anyway I, I agree i
1: think that's one of the common denominators listening to their podcast is they want to feel bought into that brand yeah and i know we say that ultimate brand and articulating your message telling your story articulating your point of differentiation for the for the younger generations they want to feel some kind of commitment yeah. emotional buying and emotional buying to that brand and if that's not there you, you've already lost the battle arguably yeah. And i think it's interesting again just looping into that point when you're talking about market leaders and what what i've always heard heard term like ankle biters you know like the, the small fry competition that don't bother you really but they're annoying um but marketing technology evolution of marketing and the younger generations are turning ankle biters into the knee and they'll slowly yeah, yeah. start working the way up the leg if you're not careful yeah. because um some of the some of the smaller more uh, brands in their infancy are getting this right yeah, yeah. and and they will they'll if they get the groundswell and the appeal from the from the I younger generations really quickly but these are the guys that'll stick with that brand because people say they're not loyal they're loyal to a brand if they can get that emotional commitment and if
0: and value
1: and well it. consistent authentic communication
0: that applies when we're talking about employers as well if you're an agency small medium large looking to build a team you know i i, I think engagement's key key again isn't it
1: yeah but i think it's got a bit, for me, I mean, we try to do it here the best we can. You know, we're we're rapidly growing, so it's hard. But you certainly don't want to neglect it. That we're trying to build a culture here, where you're consistently embodying, um, exactly like what we said earlier, in terms of investing in those individuals and wanting them to be with the team and wanting them to develop with you. But unless you're consistently delivering that message, and you see it with a lot of brands, and I've got a lot of peers and a lot of friends that are running different businesses who do spiky activity, they'll have a summer team day done that's their thing for the, the year it's the same principle as what you're saying with the communication strategy it's the exact same thing It's a tick box exercise or they'll have a night it- out a night out Well, they see through it though don't they? yeah whereas for me that's why the culture that you develop in the business should embody your values and the values should embody what the business kind of stands for which we're trying to do that here authentically and consistently which is hard with all the distractions that are going on and growing the business and everything else but If you're passionate enough about it and you really want to develop the future generations, I think that's where you've got to be as an employer. I
0: agree. Another great episode. Hopefully. uh, Thanks again. Um, Subscribe on on YouTube. Please um, Tick the notifications as well if you want to know when the latest episode is coming out. We're available on all podcast channels so you don't have to just watch our pretty faces and see us smiling at you. You can listen on uh, on the podcast channels uh, available on all top podcast channels including spotify apple google and um, so go on there and also we have a, a fabulous knowledge base don't we as well yeah check
1: out our knowledge hub uh, www.b2bknowledge.com which is our content hub which uh, houses all our content free and available for download uh, online so yeah thanks yeah. very much cheers thanks, cheers. For thanks guys Bye.